everyone, we want to create a center that helps people be less certain and more curious. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. We'll it is, explain more later. But. It is as simple as that. <laughs> um, I hope this is interesting for people or I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, like, I hope this is interesting. Uh, if, well, not, if it's not, they just clicked off already. I know. <laughs> I know. everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain and more curious life. I'm Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mace. Welcome we'll, to episode <laughs> 134. 134. First episode of the new year. Whoop, 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 whoop. First uh, recording of the new year. First release of the new year. It's January 2nd for us. It will be January 4th when it releases happy new year happy new year behalf. happy new do you, year do Welcome you do to happy new year do you say that do you go, yeah are you, are you acknowledging a new year i am acknowledging a new year it's not all winter kind no i didn't no i didn't acknowledge <laughs> christmas this year but i do acknowledge <laughs> the new, new year Year's. okay yes a different kind of vibe for me um is, is it is it significant to you? Yes, it okay. is. A fresh is. start. Well, no, it definitely is. This is something we talked about. Like the last day of 2020, I in like the whole day, it's like pretty much every, like at least about every five to 10 minutes, I'm thinking last day of 2020. Yep. This is the last day of this 2020. Is this is the last day of 2020. I'm doing this thing on the last day of 2020. And I like led a therapeutic Thursday and every kid that came in, I'm like, welcome. It's your last day of 2020. Like let's acknowledge it. And then last night we did something that was like a new year's day. Like mm-hmm. there's something I think we also like, we're talking about this idea of like, imagine if we didn't have years, like <laughs> we didn't like have a year to mark something like how confusing and right. muddy it our no, like, it is, it life is nice. would be like yeah. to have a day where I, th- I find it significant to have something that's marked of like, there's this cyclical fresh start. Yeah. Like something happened there. Yeah. It's, it's hard with like, I guess for some, uh, I don't know. I noticed just so many different takes on new year's. Like somebody's like, don't worry about it. Forget new year's resolutions. They don't actually stick. They don't actually work. Just yeah. work on having a consistent life and just make your resolutions throughout the year and just yeah. continue. To, and then people are like, Oh, the, other people are really trying to get you to look past the lot, look back on last year and name some things and burn some things and like write a journal and throw that in the trash. And like, 2020 is over moving forward. Here's my goals. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I don't know quite what to do. I'm, I, how I kind of do both things, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm similar in the sense of like, I'm not really here for this idea of like resolutions. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I think it was Daniel who was telling us this idea of like, it's kind of against, or maybe it was you like against nature in terms of like, Mace is gesturing towards Maddie, Maddie. her housemate, their housemate. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like winter, like it's really like January, February is the time to be like resting mm-hmm. and like buckling in and it's hibernating. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what's happening cyclically. So it's not necessarily like, I think they were saying like springtime is actually a good time to maybe start resolutions mm-hmm. or that kind of vibe. But I led like this little group for rebel, which we're going to have an episode on soon, but where we did intentions 
Mm-hmm. And that was... This is the youth group we... Yeah, it's the youth yeah. group. So, so it's Therapeutic Thursday, which Mace mentioned. That's part of the youth group. And now... Uh, it was one of our fun Fridays, but I was like, this is the last fun Friday, more contemplative, <laughs> classic. But we did like a remembering, like we took a time to remember moments of 2020. And I lit these candles. One was like white and one was black and one was green for like growth, like a dark point and like a light point or a hopeful point. But then we were like we're going to try and set intentions that are like way less resolutions and more like, just like there's something happening in this year. Like take a moment to acknowledge this Mm. transition Mm. if you want Mm. kind of thing. That's good. So this is an episode about dreams. Yep. This is dreams. So sorry. (laughs) It's also a new year's (laughs) check-in. It's also the first. If you've been, if you've been following along. So I, you know, this is one of the things it's like, as I notice other podcasts, they have a very clear thing that they're doing. And I think ours is fairly clear, but we do jump from all sorts of different topics. Yes. Like we've been listening to the big hormone Enneagram lately. Love and it's obvious that like they have, they're, they're a group talking about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can get traction in terms of listeners and stuff. But I noticed we'll do like a beloved arise episode. And then now we're going to do three weeks on dreams. And I think anybody that might've started following us because of that listens to the next episode. and like, what is I this? I liked this episode featuring this nonprofit that I was interested in, but now they're just talking about dreams. So no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe some people have followed the dream series, which we know they have. I mean, we have listeners obviously, but um, this is for now the end of this particular dream series. Yeah. We've been doing dreams for three weeks and yeah. So like our, the podcast, the whole premise is being less certain and more curious. Mm -hmm. And so we've used dream like that we bring up these topics, dreams, like let's be less certain and more curious about our dreams. Oh, a great tool. Like I think as we move forward, we're trying to find tools to get people more curious mm-hmm. and, and if you can use dream interpretation. Yeah, no, I think that this has been this interesting thing where it's like the process of taking the topic of dreams and saying, what does it mean for us to be less certain about dreams and to deep dive and research about dreams and pay attention to dreams has led us to being like, whoa, dreams are as much as being less certain and more curious about dreams is helping us with dreams, dreams are helping us to be less certain and more yes. curious. Yes, very well said. You, say, you, you always say it very nicely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, good job. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and so I guess just so everybody knows what they're getting into, this week's episode is going to sort of be, a, it will end with a bit of a debrief mm-hmm. on what we thought about this dream conversation. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to talk about dreams sort of in a meta sense, like manifesting your dreams. What does it mean to to have dreams that end up getting out into the world, like a dream to do something? Right, not just your sleeping dreams, yeah. but like what when we use the word of like, I dream of becoming this one day. Like mm-hmm. what what does that mean to dream and kind of thinking about what the idea of dreams, sleeping yeah. dreams, what role that plays and vice versa. Yep, exactly. But did we want to start with a like an interpretation of your dream just to get us rolling? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it'll be an interpretation, but maybe it's just a warm up of like a dream check in because mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it's a little insight into how Mace and I have been hanging out or engaging with each other over the last few weeks. Yeah. In terms of like, we typically share our dream in the morning if we had one. If we have one, I, which most of the time I think this is the thing. Most of the time you do, even like I between the two of us have always not been as like cognizant of my dreams. But I'm like, after like five weeks of doing this, there's a lot more. Yeah. I have an idea that I just came into my head. Okay. Of like maybe a bonus episode after our next Enneagram episode. Because everybody, if you do 
follow us next week will be an Enneagram episode. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to release our, our conversation with big hormone folks. Yeah, I think it's time. Good. Yeah. Um, but maybe a bonus episode where I actually read and we, we deep dive that dream I shared yesterday. Oh, Cause that's too so much. Good. That's that too much for too much for this. But it's, but it's like, I feel like that dream is a metaphor for so many. It's like your whole soul in a dream. And just reading it, I think would be interesting if anybody follows us and, and would be interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I think it could be like a 30 minute bonus. Okay. But it's too much for today. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. Sorry. People listening to this podcast are like, 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 it's eight minutes in and I've literally heard no content. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, so I can just go off a little bit on my free form memory. I won't even read my notes. Um, a lot of my dream last night revolved around this um, thing. It's really, it's really interesting to describe because it actually had to do with no small thing energy. And it was like a movie theater that to me, I don't know of in the real world, but people talk about like a 4d movie theater that I have been to where it's like, there's also steam and the seats move. And I think that they call it like a 40 or something. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matty's nodding his head. That's helpful. (laughs) And, And so this was that, but nothing I've seen before. And, and the ads, for this theater where like a 4d experience, but it was also this idea of like, you're going to come to see this movie, but Mm -hmm. it's more of an experience. Mm -hmm. And the whole point was to tamper. And I think this might have to do with things I've been listening to with Donald Miller. Mm -hmm. Quick side note, (laughs) Uh, Donald Miller's material. I got to explain all these things uh, has a lot to do with like helping people sell things through the art of storytelling. And so he always tells people like, don't force your customers or your listeners to burn unnecessarily mental cal- calories. Mm-hmm. And so there's some value in that, but I don't know if this is wise or just uh, utterly stupid on my part, but like I, I want for us to be people that are convincing people that you should burn your calories. Yeah. Be, think, think in a way that requires calories to be used. Yeah. But so, so isn't this a trippy thing? Like the, the maybe, maybe you do utilize that advertising sensibility of, 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 of communicating your message clearly of, of selling the importance of burning mental calories, but selling it doesn't require the mental calories. But once you get them in the door, you're just like, now we're going to burn mental calories. But, um, yeah. So the, so the people will say when you're listening to a story, your brain shuts down and gets immersed. Mm -hmm. It's when your brain really like it's and and that's why we like story so much. Your brain sort of relaxes and gets Mm -hmm. sort of distracted Mm and, um, so I was looking at this 4d movie theater experience thing and I was seeing it in the ads and they were like, this is going to tamper with all of your expectations of what happens when you come to a movie. And it was a lot of like, like little lights and sounds and glitches. So that like, right as you're getting immersed into a story, something pops and, and I've I've used this word like glistens, like Hmm. all of a sudden shimmering in the theater and it's like interrupts the story. And it's a, the selling was, uh, this is a theater that is going to retrain your mind and, and give you a different experience. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I just remember seeing trailers for it. <laughs> so are you like, you're experiencing the 40 experience while it's, while you're watching trailers for the 40 no, experience? No, I remember now after seeing the previews going, Oh, you know, I okay, saw, okay. I saw the previews several times and eventually in this dream, I guess I decided to go check it out. That's really interesting. I mean, what is that? That it's like you're, I feel like there's something happening in terms of in this dream. You were like, there's this thing that I want that is advertised and you go and you get it. Yeah. You go and you're doing it and you're yeah. experiencing it. 
Yeah. So I remember being like a person in the theater watching it happen. And I remember thinking the, the setup for this particular experience was meant to be shared with a few people and I didn't have a person to share it with. So I really was sort of maybe in a five like way observing the whole thing. Hmm. And there was a, like a grandpa and a son in front of me Hmm. and they, Hmm. the part of this experience in terms of a 40 experience was that like in the thing that was being experienced on the screen involved a water fight and in the middle of the, between this father, this grandpa and son, uh, uh, something comes up out of the floor and it's almost like a water fountain with Hmm. like, water balloons and water toys and they could then have a water fight. Yeah. So as you're watching it, this experience comes up and you can sort of participate in the same way that the people on screen are. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And the idea too, was that like the moment you're starting to get immersed, that goes back into the floor and a new experience comes up and you're all sort of like needing to adjust very quickly Hmm. and follow Hmm. what's this experience is trying to get you to have. Interesting. Yeah. Gosh, I want to know what it is. I mean, I'm like, is it you and your grandpa? I don't know. Maybe, honestly. Like, because that's a very significant relationship to you. Yeah. Yeah. What could the water fight represent? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're getting into interpretation. I know. Though. I want to know. I'm like, yeah. what could these things mean? And like this idea of like, it's a big experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like you have the, these mechanisms to be brought into some kind of experience. Mm-hmm but then you're also not fully involved because you're playing, like you're saying, the role of the observer. You're watching other people immerse themselves in an experience. Yeah, and I guess this is the thing with no small thing. It's like we say you're just involved in a conversation, but maybe the direction in in terms of where we're heading is systematizing all this stuff a little bit more. So like if Mm -hmm. we were teaching a class or having experience, we'd really set all this up to talk about like, here are the tools that we use to interpret dreams. Yeah. And, and so like a lot of the things that we've been engaged with, which we've mentioned in past episodes is talking about like the symbolic nature of a lot of these things in mm-hmm. terms of how they play out in the collective unconscious and the collective conscious. Um, and your personal unconscious. Yeah. And your personal <laughs> unconscious. So yeah, what, what, uh, if we were really deep diving this dream, it'd be interesting to think about what, what is the symbolism of the water, the relationship between the grandfather and the, and the grandson, what does a movie theater What does represent? a movie theater represent? Yeah. yeah. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for, what has it generally been represented yeah. as? Yeah. Like, cause it's like, if you've had some big like experiences, movie theaters, big family thing, you yeah. know, it's like would make sense yep. that all of a sudden you're in this movie theater and it means something. And I also think what's really on my mind heading into the new year. And of course an episode or an episode, uh, a dream last night heading into a recording the next morning. I, it is really on my mind lately of us thinking about creating experiences for people Yeah, that, 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 that throw them off, honestly, that, that short circuit, all the expectations so that you can get curious. Yeah. I mean, so that's what Peter Rollins does with his, he has three things he offers throughout the year and he does atheism for Lent. The idea is not that you're going to become atheist, but you're going to, view Christianity through the lens of atheism so you can see it in a brand new way and it disrupts your typical way of thinking. Yeah. I like the idea of disruption. Right. Well, and it's, is there more that happened in the dream? Mm-hmm. As I was leaving the theater, Pat Byron and Reuven and wow, Matthew Kajapur and <laughs> several other rebel kids were coming up the stairs for a late night screening hmm. And hmm. they were saying we were taking some of the youth group kids to this experience. And as I came down the stairs from that, I met this other youth pastor hmm. 
And he said that, you know, or just know he's a youth pastor, just know he's a youth pastor. Don't know who this person is at all. Just a, a random guy. And he said, wow, I'm so grateful. I just talked to some of those leaders of yours and I cannot control my youth group kids. And mm. we have a terrible relationship and your leaders offered to take some of my kids to this movie. And I said they could. And so I'm so grateful for them. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, Oh great. That, that, well, that's perfect. And, you know, Byron was there. Pat, oh, they're going to be great. Like, I'm so glad we can do that for you. And he was like, yeah, I just don't know what to do with these youth group kids. And I was hmm. like, well, we do, you know, <laughs> well, come to the right place. <laughs> uh, and then I think it fizzled at that point, but huh. yeah, that, that was a big, that was a big thing for me. I was like really excited to see them coming up to go to this movie. And I was really confident when this guy said your leaders have offered and I was like perfect yeah great, great. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah there's no like oh mm-hmm. they'll be able to handle your your kids mm-hmm. that's really interesting that also seems loaded for me too in my own life <laughs> no it fully does no it fully does and yeah. I think that this is interesting this being like an episode we're talking more like about meta or like a pull back understanding of dreams because like I think you're naming exactly that like I I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you have a few like circular dreams happening right now of what you want your life to be. And I feel like you're at a place in life where you're like heading into this place of having more and more autonomy over what you're doing with your life. Mm -hmm. And it includes these huge aspects of like one, which I feel like we'll get into more talking about dreams, but it's this a different vocation of creating experiences and inviting people into that and inviting people into a different story and doing like experiences in a unique way. And then alongside that, this other dream of like doing youth ministry the way you think youth ministry should be done. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, a different philosophy for youth ministry. And I feel like you're in a season right now where it's like, we're getting to live into actually living the dream of doing yeah. youth ministry the way you want it to be done. And so it's like almost like this confirmation in the dream mm. or like something that's like, Ooh, yeah. Confirming like, yeah, you're on the right path. And yeah. like this, this is like, you're getting to do this. And it's like a reminder of that this matters and what you're doing kind of thing. That's a great interpretation. <laughs> Love, I, as much as we said, we weren't going to interpret. I always want to interpret. Yeah. I think, um, I think just to go along with that, to maybe wrap up this little intro section is (laughs) I I think looking back, thinking about this idea of a disruptor and I, and I, and I want to say it it with kindness, like people need to be disrupted, not in a mean way, but like it's a kind thing. It's a good thing. We all need to be disrupted. Yes. Um, People are sensitive. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) I, I thought, I think I got the sense that I thought that that's what Christianity was doing. Yeah. And I, I think about my upbringing and it w- I went to a pretty conservative Christian church, but I wouldn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. I, di- I didn't know what conservative meant. Yeah. And all I remember is my, our pastor was this real classic fire and brimstone, like angry pastor. And he was a sweet, sweet man, but his preaching style yeah. was loud and he would get red in the face and he's like screaming. Yeah. And I just remember it felt like what we do when we come to church and hear a sermon is we're getting disrupted and convicted. And, mm. and I remember even a sermon that my old boss and senior pastor, Dan Baumgartner gave where he talked about, um, he just really went in on painting this picture of John the Baptist. And it was like picture we're in the service today and a, and a man with really disheveled hair and outfit and a beard and honey on his beard. And, and he's been, he's like been in the wild 
and he comes into the middle of this beautiful sanctuary and he stands up here and he says, repent, repent, repent. He's screaming. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that like, that's what this is all about. Right. Yeah. And then I started <laughs> had a different kind of Christian experience at this other church. And it was just like, it all seemed like I said, like Disneyland, like the whole thing is all about soothing and numbing and just the idea of like so much sugar and treats all mm-hmm. constantly offered from morning to night at this church, you know, like all these cinnamon rolls and smells and everything is just like soothing. And Very interesting. I do think the food plays a, that's a, a visceral yeah. factor. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I like the idea of maybe saying I'm going to do what I thought I was in being invited to do, which is being a disruptor and you know, whatever. In, a, in again, in a kind way, <laughs> because I feel like that's what people need. Yeah. Uh, and maybe creating the space to do it in an appropriate way. Right. Containers. But I love the idea of a certain art piece, like when Kanye West was, was um, sort of rolling out uh, Jesus, that album. Um, there were all these pop up um, like uh, video displays or videos of new slaves. Hmm. And so like new slaves, Kanye's face would appear on the side of a Louis Vuitton building. Uh, so high fashion. And, and all of a sudden the song would play and it would just be his face and then it would disappear. And all these things were being posted on social media. Like we just, you could, there was a little map where people were like, it's been all over the world. Here it is in Paris here. It popped Hmm. up in LA here. And, uh, and people would like get little snippets of this video popping up with Kanye's face. That seems like a disruption you know, in mm. a really cool way. Like nobody expected it. And right. You're just like all of a sudden it's things. there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I just like that. Kanye, your number one disruptor oh, icon. Such a complicated relationship. Very complicated. So we can be done with that dream. So, <laughs> a warm up. so we can be done. No, I mean, I think this is interesting. It's definitely bringing up a lot for me because I like conceptually want to be a disruptor and then experientially, I don't think I actually do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the feeling that I, you get when you see people get disrupted. I like, I, I want to be, I, 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 I think you and I are a good pair in this and yeah. that like, or we're heading in the direction of being a good pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, cause I like, I, and I'm like, yeah, I value and I think there needs to be disruption, but like, people do need containers for it. Like Mm -hmm. it can't be out of, I Mm -hmm. guess it can be out of nowhere and maybe it does hit you in a certain way out of nowhere, but like it's also a little risky. Yeah. And like can be harmful. Yeah. It's like, but, but this, this situation seems like its own interesting thing. It's like you come to the movie, Mm -hmm. like you've come, you've come to this, this thing Mm -hmm. um, where that's like the premise. Well, I posted about this on our Instagram this last week, but man, I didn't really even realize Jane Elliott lives in Seattle. She lives in Everett, but Jane Elliott is this woman who did this thing called the blue eyed experiment. And it, it really helps. It's, it's an exercise that helps people identify and and see that see racism. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating to say, to look to know that these people know exactly what they're getting into. They know who Jane Elliott is. They know what this experiment is all about. And it's still, it's still causes, outrageous defenses to, to pop yeah, up. And yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm blown away that she's able to do this with adults and they're getting defensive and yelling at her and, and fighting. And I'm like, but you know that this is an exercise. Like how, how, how is this happening? You know? Uh, yeah, but it's, it's threatening. <laughs> yeah. It's threatening. So, so it does right. seem like a container can still create the disruption. Yeah. No, I you know. Oh, no, I think yeah. so. I think it is like, it's, 
just because it's in a container doesn't mean the disruption can't happen. It's almost, I think, might be, yeah. No, that and that might, might be, be helpful for that it. That might be the true team of us mm-hmm. because I much rather, I'm not actually going to do this, but I like the idea of like metaphorically sticking out a stick and tripping someone on the sidewalk while they're walking. You know, like I'm just dropping about my day and I'm like, whoop, up, oh, I fell. Whoa, what was that? You know, like not contained, not a warning, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like you, we, we combine the two. You're like, that's great, Scott. We're going to cont- create a container for that. We're going to, we're going to do, we can, <laughs> we can do that. But like not while someone's walking in the middle of the street, like, <laughs> or I guess you can warn them. It's like in this experience, you will be walking in at some point you're going to get yeah, tripped. Yeah. Not literally. We're well, talking metaphor. It's interesting. I had a conversation with uh, Lizzie who was joining kind of joined this like guild and they're doing Gurchief work there right. and Gurchief is Lizzie's kind of, a friend. Lizzie's a friend. It's <laughs> Explain like, these people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> a friend um, who also leads in the youth group with us. Yeah. Um, she like, she joined this guild and I don't think she would mind me sharing this little piece and they do Gurchief stuff and Gurchief is like Enneagram the here and now in yeah. Enneagram, but it's like, it is a little bit more disruption. I think he probably is, was an eight and his style is like confronting and mm-hmm. confronting the ego and disrupting. And it's like, I mean, it sounds gestalt the way mm-hmm. it is. It's like, this is the here and now and being present and like getting out of the phoniness and do it. Do it. And who is she, that guy? Who is the, who is the therapist? Uh, we it's, watched? it's what's his name? It's Fritz Pearls. Fritz Pearls. Um, a true hero, which is like, you know, I know. And you're like a true hero. And I'm like, no, like an asshole. (laughs) Um, but also I can see the value, but she was like these, like this group of people kind of came at her without any sense of a container and were like, quote unquote testing Mm. and like doing these disrupting things, but like without her permission, Mm. essentially, you know, or like without, without knowing, you know, that that's happening or that signing on for that. Right. Which, that's bad vibes. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I don't literally want to do these things, but I just know that the spirit of it. No, is the in spirit my is there and it, it makes sense. <laughs> but it also, it's like as a person, a highly sensitive person, I'm like, I, I would, I'm weary. An HSP. <laughs> a high, is that, I mean, I feel like that sounds cheesy saying it, but I, is that a thing? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not like any kind of, I'm a highly sensitive person. I just know I'm pretty sensitive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to explain all these things to people like Gestalt and Fritz Perl and all that, but we probably should get, we still, we still haven't really gotten into like this meta dreams. Meta dreams. What yeah, would we, we want to say about that? Let's get right into it. Everybody picture. We're not going to take an official break here, but picture like get a little sip of coffee. We got a coffee. Yeah. It's a morning time um, recording by the way. Yeah. If you didn't notice <laughs> a music transition and we're officially transitioning from the intro and, and talking about my dream and the significance. And now we're just going to talk about, dreams in a, in sort of like a meta getting your dreams out into the world manifesting way, I guess. Yeah. What do you uh, want to say about that? Uh, I don't know, but I'll just begin. I'll just start talking and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> uh, I think related to us doing these dream logs, I have thoughts on dreams. Um, like the dream, paying attention to a dream world in terms of like your sleeping life. It's, it's one of those things where we talk about this idea of like starting to take it really seriously. Like all these things that are like kind of silly, random aspects in the dream. What if you took them seriously? And I think that like attitude doesn't like, 
that attitude can be also thought of in terms of like your dreams or what you want in the world, whatever dreams in this like metaphorical senses. Like I think I am like this process of paying attention to our dreams has given me some sense of like wanting to take my own, like take dreams seriously in terms of like what you want to create in the world. And this idea of dreaming, dreaming to me feels like both like the entire world I live in. Like I feel like I live in kind of like just in my head and my heart, just dreaming and not doing. Mm. But I also feel like I don't actually take them very seriously. Mm. It's like I could spend Mm. all day in a dreamland, but like how often am I actually like not looking at them as silly or just like imaginations? Like there's this thing that's dreams are so hard to grasp because they are just that they're dreams. They're like cloudy, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they feel foggy. Mm -hmm. They feel hard to like, they're not necessarily tangible. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet I'm like, want to be like, but they are at the same time. Like they're also very real. Yeah. I don't know. Those are my initial thoughts. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think the idea of taking them seriously. I mean, if, if, if I were to say, what is uh, my hope hoped for takeaway for anybody that's been listening for the past few weeks, it's like, take your dreams seriously. Mm-hmm. But I think for this little segment, the idea I have in mind is two people, uh, David Lynch and Martin Luther King Jr. Interesting. And I'm thinking about Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream, you know, the I have a dream speech. And then we're not going to s- recite it for you here on the podcast this week. But if you think about all the things that he says in that dream of, or that speech of what he envisions for the world. Mm-hmm. So there's something very powerful about just manifesting a dream of a better world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then David Lynch always talks about dreaming, you know, his autobiography and his documentary are called room to dream. And he, you know, we were watching his master class. There's very much like these gestures that he has of like, like his head to the world. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have a dream, you have something in your head, you have a vision mm-hmm. and your job as a creator is to get that vision out into the world, into the world. Yeah. Similar to the original vision as it was. And so for him, he uses like what he says, the language of cinema. Um, but then, then I guess I'm thinking as we head into the new year, and thinking about you and me and what we're doing with no small thing, there's an idea or a vision or a dream. Maybe we should use all those words to help people understand what, at least what I'm saying it today, a vision, a goal, a dream, an mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make that happen. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And we, and that's maybe what one of the most profound things about being a human is, is um, making your mark, you know, like, I, I've heard it said, and this makes so much sense to me, that uh, the the world that we see with our eyes and experience every day is not a visual representation of what humanity is capable of. Hmm. It's a visual representation of our limitations. Because hmm. it's saying this hmm. is this is a tangible visual of hmm. of showing you so far what we've been able to do. What we've been able to but do. There's yeah. obviously but so there's much. So more. much more. Yeah. And your dreams and your visions are actually way more real. Cause that's yeah. showing what we can do. And, and, the, and it's so hard to say, but it's, it's saying those things are re- real in quotes. Like take them seriously. Right. And it's like, they are fuzzy, but <clears throat> just cause they're fuzzy doesn't mean they're not real. Yeah. And like, just cause they're in their head in your head doesn't mean they're not real. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and we probably all have way more power than we are giving ourselves credit for of, of manifesting those dreams. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, I have like this complicated relationship around this idea. Like, cause I grew up with listening. I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast and you've heard me talk about this idea of like the strangest secret. And it's this like, like, I don't know what you would call it, like an audio tape by Earl Nightingale. I think that's his name. And his whole thing is like, it's like a 30 minute tape about quote unquote success. And the whole thing is like the secret to success is any like movement towards a worthy goal. Mm. But it's like, right. Which it's a, it's a pretty good definition of success. And like the whole thing is like you, if you come up with something you want, then spend 40 days and put it at the front of your mind that you want that thing and it will come. Like it's this idea of like, if you believe in it and you put it out in front of you and you trust it and you're working towards it, it will come like however, however you're trudging along. And I think that there's something really risky about dreaming. Mm. Like there's something really risky about saying, well, maybe there's less something it's risky to dream, but it's risky to dream. There's like kind of two kinds of dreaming. I feel like. There's like a, oh, I wish this. And it's like a, an unclear dreaming, yeah. like a dream that's, you're not taking it that seriously. Yeah. You're holding it lightly. You're like, it's just a dream. And then there's this other attitude to dream that feels very risky when you're like, no, I'm going to take the dream very seriously mm-hmm. because it's like, if you don't, there's a lot on the line of, cause dreams can be so vulnerable mm. and they're so precious and a dream is really beautiful. Mm. And so like not having it come true feels really sad. But then there's this like lie of like, well, I think if you keep the dream in you, you keep the fire within you, like you can make it happen. That's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, I, I have like a hard time wrapping my brain cause it's like, there's all these other factors. Like we do live in a limited world and we live in a world that like is riddled with different injustices and different doors that are open for people. So there's like these other pieces that are factors mm-hmm. in like what helps manifest a dream. But I also am like, but there's huge, huge power when we have a dream and don't let the dream die or don't think of the dream as silly or don't think and like, or don't think of the dream as being out of our grasp as just being in our heads, you know? Well, that, that's what it seems that like in, in the world you're heading into in terms of therapy, everybody is in school for being a therapist, (laughs) getting a master's degree. The dream is alive. And it seems like that's what, what is healing for people that aren't doing well. Yeah. Quote unquote is, is letting them, giving them space, whether it's through art therapy or talk therapy uh, to get in, in touch with their own inner self. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe part of their unwellness is that they've been told their whole life that they're not uh, their thoughts and their, what they're wanting to bring into the world is inappropriate. And they're constantly repressing that and shutting it down and yeah. you can create a spacious place where they can feel healthy. They can feel like, okay, there's room to dream. Yeah. There's so, room to to let that out. I feel like what you're saying in certain is in a certain way, there is a bit of a potential call it classism or privilege to, to like quote unquote manifesting your dreams. But what I think we're doing and mental health folks are doing is like maybe, 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 but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to tell anybody 
that they can't be something. Right. But at the same time, maybe, maybe what you're saying is at the very least, you can still get in touch with your dreams and name them. Right. And your goals and your hopes. And, um, no matter where you are in terms of class or yeah. I guess I just like, I, yeah. And I, that's, I agree. I think that there's like some attitude that I guess I just am like resistant to, or just this idea of like, Oh, like if you dream it, it'll come. And there's this idea of like, there's just like different opportunities for people. Mm -hmm. So like just kind of like acknowledging that like certain dreams are like potentially harder or have different barriers to them. That doesn't mean that the dream shouldn't be alive, but it's just like, kind of also just like naming that dreaming is not an equal thing. Yeah. Like it's not like similar to that post by that person of like, not all waiting is weak equal. Like not all dreaming is equal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but it's like also really powerful to dream. Like I think I got into a headspace where, cause I like, I'll just say this, like I kind of grew bitter at this idea of like this, like Earl and Gil, the secret yeah. of success. I was like, well, that feels like, the secret to success also has so many social factors and like I grew bitter towards it of like, no, this isn't acknowledging all those pieces. And I'm at like a different place now of like seeing that those pieces are there, but also being like, yeah, but it's super, super powerful to believe in yourself and to believe in your dreams. Like that's no matter where you are, that is a very, very powerful thing and a very like life giving thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a journey we've both been on and to bring it up in the context of dreams. I think when I first originally heard you talk about the secret, everybody we've been recording this podcast for about two and a half years plus we're friends. So it comes up a lot Mm -hmm. and I've sort of always eye rolled at it. And now I'm kind of like, actually that makes a lot of sense, you know, to keep your dream in the forefront of your mind and to take it very seriously and give yourself 40 days and, you know, to work, to move towards a worthy goal. That sounds great. No, I know. It's (laughs) like, it's, 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 yeah, it is. It is probably, probably a very good thing. Um, there's this other, this image that comes to mind that Mike McCarg, I think that's, you pronounce his name, science Mike from like the, the liturgists liturgist. and stuff. He talked about this idea of like having the dream to write a book. Yeah. And what he did was he like said every single day I would spend like 10 minutes envisioning the party of ah, me, my, my book party. Yeah. So I would sit there. Who's going to be there? What are we going to do? do? We have my book. <laughs> They're signing it. And he's oh, yeah. imagining what the party is going to be like Ooh. every single day doing that. Ooh. And I'm like, what if we Let's each said, we're going to dedicate 10 minutes each day. And I'm like, we're going to imagine what it's like for us to have a freaking center. Yeah. Like what are the rooms? Who's there? The that. opening day of the center when we're inviting people into it, you know? Yeah. Nobody Hosting really knows what you're talking about right now, but we do. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dang, I heard that like years ago, but now I think because I think also you and I both have like caught a dream. Uh-huh. Like I feel like we've been this exercise of like doing these dreams logs has helped you and I get in touch with what is our dream for no small thing. Everyone, we want to create a center that helps people be less certain and more curious. Yeah. It's as simple as that. We'll explain more later. It is as simple as that. (laughs) Um, I hope this is interesting for people or I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways, like, I hope this is interesting. uh, If if it's not, they just clicked off already. (laughs) I know. I know. I guess I just want to say like, this is like where you remind maybe just need to say this for myself of like what we're doing with this podcast. Like 
this isn't a podcast where we're like, we're solving dreams, but like we're engaging with it and showing up as humans. And this is what it's brought up for us. And it's like, uh, yeah. Here's an, here's another, no, no, it's true. I mean, I think what you're saying a little bit is like, uh, it's, it's the process of engaging that changes you and changes your mind, not like changes your mind, not like shifting opinions, but like reroutes your brain and remaps it yeah. in the sense of like, and then, and then something just happens naturally. Yeah. Not through some sheer force of your will. You right. Know? Right. And I feel like I hope that through these conversations, like we're, we're being open and curious about dreams and inviting you into like, what's that, what's, what has that done for us? Yeah, totally. Here's what I'll say about something that was coming up in terms of like, the secret and all the things we were just mentioning about the risk or the potential bravery of naming and trying to manifest a dream. I think maybe one thing that's happened to me as I've gotten older, turning 41 um, is sort of a almost disgust of realizing that what has happened is I have allowed myself to be living in the dream of other people who were stronger about mm. getting their dream out. Mm. Cause this is all the manifestation of other people's dreams. It mm. is capitalism. It is yeah. all the things like the world we live in. Somebody, yeah. somebody thought it up and now I'm just living in that dream. And I want to be like, well, I want my well, dream. I want my dream. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't sign up for this. What is my dream world? Yeah. I mean, and it's really trippy to think that like maybe maybe you're not a person and I'm, I'm talking to myself, but anybody who hasn't done a lot of manifesting of their true dreams. I mean, maybe it's like, you know, the, the, these these sort of small potatoes. I'm not trying to minimize things, but like my son, Jack, is like looking at colleges now. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have this sort of path lined up for us in life. You know, you go to school and in the midst of all these things, there are some many dreams you can choose from. Like mm-hmm. I want to be an athlete. Okay. Right. Well, here's your choices. You right. can be a football player. Well, okay. I want to be a quarterback. Okay. Well you can do that. Like, but it's all within this particular dream. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, somebody else's, somebody invented football, somebody invented the school system. And then it's like, well, now I want to go to college. Okay. Well you have these choices and here's how education works. And at some point you, you, I imagine somebody wants to go, okay, I'm stepping outside of that. I'm stepping yeah. outside of the simulation or whatever, and I'm going to manifest my dream. Yeah. And it has nothing to do really with these uh, predetermined things. Yeah. Like it's like, I think that's what, that's what my dream involves right now with us is not having a boss. Right. Oh, <laughs> not 100%. working for a company. Not We're having a nine to own, five. Yeah. yeah, totally. We're making totally. our own thing. No, I mean, it's like if I sit down and say what my dream is, like all, I mean, it might be fun for us to both try and articulate what our dream, like in 10 years, what's your dream situation? Do you want to do it? That might be fun. Right now? Let's do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to say mine and there's a piece of me that, there's a shame piece of me that goes, who are you to deserve this dream? Right. So that is a factor that I'm like always having to compete with when I'm dreaming of like, who are you to have a dream, yeah. you know? And it's like. And I want, I, I'm going to get ready to listen really intently for a second, but I just want to speak to that and saying one of the things that's impacted me for the last four years really is like, wait, who am I? Who are you? 
But like, wait, Donald Trump gets to have a dream. Donald Trump gets to be out in the world having whatever he wants. Like, <laughs> why can't I? No, I know you told me that one time and I was like, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. We're all living in his world really for it. And it's winding down, but like we've been in his world and it's turned us all a little crazy, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, well, if he can, if he can do something, if he can create hotels and casinos and all this nonsense, Right, like our dream to like create a, a retreat center that people come and enjoy is yeah, like, that's super that's fine. <laughs> I know, I think that's like as much as, like I could go down that path and I've, I've honestly habitually been in that path of mm -hmm. like feeling a lot of shame around it and feeling like I'm not worthy of it and like feeling like I don't, I haven't earned, I haven't earned something that gives me the right to dream. Mm -hmm. Like, but I feel like I'm heading into a new space of, kind of saying like, well, that's kind of a bullshit way of thinking about it because like, like we all need to be tapping into what we want to be dreaming about. You know, yeah. like it doesn't serve society for me to be like, oh, I can't dream. And I guess I just have to have this like specific kind of life. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't do anyone any good when I'm diminishing my own dreams, mm -hmm. you know, like, especially cause it's like, my dreams do feel like kind of selfish because it involves like all the things that I enjoy, but like there <laughs> isn't it so funny that you're meant to feel selfish. No, exactly. That? It's like, I'm so concerned that it's going to be like, there's this aspect of dreaming that feels really selfish for Dang. me that I have to like kind of let go because in the way I can let go of it is by saying like, well, it's actually more selfish for you to not dream. Right. No, you know, I, like it's actually probably more selfish not to dream and to just kind of go about things and let things happen to you and then wake up 20 years later and have not, you know, been attuning to my dreams. Like yeah. they're still there. Yeah. They're still happening. And like also just like leaning into this, like it's okay for me to take up space. And it's like, it doesn't make me a bad person to enjoy life. Like I fully am <laughs> of like, course not. I'm fully like if I'm having living my best life, there must be something that I should be feeling guilty about. Yeah. The world has really done a number on us. Like I have, <laughs> I have certain family in my life that I see on Facebook. I guess I'm still on Facebook. Maybe we should all get off Facebook, but like, um, I just post the music I'm listening to. I, know, I always like it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help boost up your posts. <laughs> I know it like, gets like you're yeah. you and like one other yeah. person likes. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, but Mace is trying on Facebook. That's sweet. I'm trying something. <laughs> um, yeah, there's this, there's this sort of old school, I don't know exactly the origins of it, you know, American salt of the earth type of vibe of like this sort of set of mantras that all sort of have to do with that's not the way the world works. Suck it up. Yeah. Like that's not how it works. Yeah. And teachers and people and society being like no free passes. You're not special. Like I said this in the youth group this a few months ago and I really meant this, but it was very spontaneous. And I was just like, this, there's sort of a classic mantra, even in youth ministry of no one gets special treatment, but I'm like, everyone should get special treatment. Yeah. I, I really am a believer in that. I know. I love that. It's very <laughs> sweet of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I just think it's sad that we do this to kids of like, that's, and, and I see the impulse. It's a protective impulse. Yeah. It's preparing people for the world. Yeah. But I mean, there is another mantra too that says, you know, prepare the child for the road. Don't prepare the road for the child. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, we're, we're just, we're just aggressively constantly saying you can't dream. The world Prepare is the child for the road, not the road for the child. 
So what would that be saying? Like prepare the child for what the road is instead of saying like. Like, like, I mean, you could, I don't know exactly what it would entail, but it would like paving the road for them, sweeping it off, getting it all ready. And it's like, no, you can't control the road. You can, you can help prepare the kid. child for the road. So that's yeah. like kind of what that attitude is saying. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's two ways to do it. You could say I'm preparing the child for the road by telling them that the road is rigid and you can't veer off or. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe it's like prepare the child to make their own road. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> honestly, maybe that's a twist on that. But yeah, I'm wanting, you know, the way, the way we say that's not how the world works. There's certain parents who are like preparing their kids for a boss, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's the big energy. And it's done with sort of this fear and trepidation of like someday that's that attitude of yours is not going to work well with a boss. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's nice. Cause you really are preparing kids for the heavy, heavy, heavy quotes, real world. But also what we're doing as a society is, is saying, accepting this you to can't be dream. what the world is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and then I'm really upset and frustrated. I'm looking around and been like the dreamers have been in our midst all our entire life. And yet they seem almost, not real. Like yeah. they, you know, you hear about David Bowie or something. It's like, well, that's like Zeus. He's not real. And you're yeah. like, no, David Bowie was real and he created all this stuff and he made his dreams happen and he's really awesome. And that's benefited so many people. I know. I mean, it brings me back to our episode on hope. Yeah. It's like the, like the theme of the hope episode became, it's about imagination and dreaming. Like mm-hmm. we have to be able to cultivate, like if we want, like ultimately, like we want to have, better, I don't know, whatever, whatever better lives is better societies, better ways of relating. Like it requires dreaming. Mm -hmm. Like the only way to have things be better is if we're willing to dream things better. (laughs) I know know when we say it like this, it sounds so terribly obvious, but like the fact that it needs to be said because we're not doing it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Continue to remind ourselves. Well, and it's like, I have to keep telling myself that so I don't go feeling shameful about it. Shameful. So much shame. (laughs) I feel, I feel feel sort of, um, uh, I don't, I I don't ever really feel shame. No, I don't feel no guilt. I feel, I feel incapable. Like I don't sometimes think I'm capable of doing any of these things. So I feel Mm -hmm. like throw up my hands and say, whatever. But like, definitely feel no shame or guilt around these things. Uh, I mean, maybe feel a little bit of like a vulnerability. Like, yeah. so, like now all of a sudden I've named it, so people are go like, "Well, well, let's see, let's yeah. see you do that big dream." Oh, he failed. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, but definitely no shame and guilt. Oh my gosh, so much. It's like it's <laughs> shame so and guilt. No, so much, and it's so <laughs> stupid. Like, it's not helpful. Again, it's not helpful. Um, do we want to keep talking about our ten years? Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you. I'll say where I am in ten years. And I'll be curious to hear yours because mine does involve you, but I'd be curious what (laughs) your thoughts are. Essentially, hopefully in 10 years, I am living on an island. So that's a dream. Mm -hmm. I do have a dream of living on an island one day. I would like to live closer to nature. I'd like to live by water. Mm -hmm. I'd like to live by water. So that's a dream. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my dream, well, I have the dream of painting a forest also. So like this is literally like, I'd like to paint trunks of a forest (laughs) and create like an art installment in a forest. And I have like a big vision of that. Um, but like vocation wise or whatever that is wise, I have this dream of like a center that has, it's kind of like a hub and I would love to be like this center could have lots of functions and I imagine it having lots of different kinds of spaces and there being a studio. Mm -hmm. So like I imagine the center having kind of two aspects of a studio, like 
a studio that's not necessarily like my personal studio, but is also like truly for creating and not for any sense of like, like art therapy. Mm -hmm. But then there would maybe be another piece that is a studio that is like for invite, like other people Mm -hmm. creating. I do have a dream of also um, blowing glass. So maybe that will be a part of this is that I'll be able to blow glass in the studio. But alongside this like more artistic side, I'd also love for it to be like a center where people could come and there could be like groups hosted. So like weekly meetings, like different kinds of group therapies, essentially. Like I love to do group therapies. I love group therapy. And then this out of the center also could be like us doing like you would could you could do your kind of like own private practice things and I could have my own kind of private practice things but then we could come together and have like certain groups that we led together and then do big retreats like retreats is truly like this big dream of like hosting these events where people come and we have different speakers and we create experiences that are inviting people out of the world and into a dream world of sorts then they can go back in the world and bring those dreams into it so that's kind of like the dream is that it's like this very creative open center vibes. That's like we can be doing lots of different projects and there's not like a limitation on like what kinds of projects we're doing. Um, But I also do like find myself wanting to do like through this work to do some kind of mental health care Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So that's the dream for me. That's the dream. And this would ideally be on an island. (laughs) You'd be 36, 35, 36? 35, yeah. 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 That feels like lofty by 35 for me. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. To me, that seems very, uh, what's the word I'd want to use? Reasonable. Very (laughs) reasonable. Very safe. Very doable. Very... It's like, that seems like the ideal life though. Yeah. I wouldn't want more than that. And I would want to be able to have like incorporated in this would be like a lot of space. Like if you said by 29 or 30, I would think lofty, but cool that you're saying it that way. I'd be like, wow. Yeah. I, I, if you, if you really wanted to make it happen, I probably think you probably could honestly, if you went hard on that. I think so. I mean, I, by 29 or 30 is what you're saying. Yeah. But, but I think 35 sounds very reasonable. I'm like, yeah, I think in 10 years, by the time you're 35 or 36, if this is something that is your dream and you want. Yeah. Yes. No, I think it could happen. Yeah. And I feel like it's. It will. It, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I think that's the thing. It's like, I actually really want this. Like yeah. I find myself really wanting that. Dang. We got to start really supporting each other, sending us, sending each other the vision. I know. I know. Um, and like. I imagine like, I just want to have more openness in terms of like, I posted on our moves both ways yesterday. Like imagine not having my bedroom be where I keep all my art shit. Like you have a studio, right? Like I would love to be at a place where I can have just like a lot more, just a bit more abundance around that, like abundance around my creativity. And like, I do feel selfish saying that but I also want it. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta like, we gotta like strangle and murder this, this, this thing that feels selfish. It's just like, get, get it. 
Like, is it the nine in me that doesn't want to? It's something. Exist? I think it's society. I think it's lots <laughs> of things. No, I, I don't. I think that's an element. But like, yeah. No, I mean. Yeah. But but yeah, it just needs to be. It needs to be gotten rid of. Like, just cast out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just like I I do really like. And I dream of working with people of all ages. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to work with children and families. And I would also love to work with, I think adults. Mm-hmm. Like I realize that I think I would want to work with adults too. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my dream. It's a good dream. Nothing that you say in there makes me bristle or feel like it all feels very spacious and good and doable and right. And good for you and what I know about you, good for the world, good for everybody, the center, your life. And, and I don't bristle in any way at my involvement. Like I feel very honored to be remotely included in considered, this considered yeah. to be a part of this. I know. Well, I think it's interesting. I'll be curious what your dream is. Cause like, what if, what if they, well, I think that they don't compete, compete <laughs> <laughs> as in like, like this is my dream and you're included in this and you're like, well, no, this is my dream and you're included in this way. No, I'm you know? phasing you out of my life in about <laughs> five years. <laughs> no, I think that's been the journey of this whole thing since day one, like the yeah. podcast, the vision, and it's been happening recently. Everybody, I guess we've, we've hinted at this, but like we have, we've been having a lot more like businessy goal type envisioning meetings and mm-hmm. trying to just not be like, let's, ha- let's host these random conversations every week. But like, how does the podcast almost fit into a bigger vision of what we're trying to do? And that's expanding. Yeah. So yeah. Move out of hobby and into vocation. Yes. That's well, really, that's really what quicker, we're trying to do here. A quicker way of saying it <laughs> <laughs> out of hobby and into vocation. I mean, that could be the banner over this next year. Really. Yeah. No, I think so. I think that is the banner of this mm-hmm. year. Totally. Okay. So, what's your dream? Well, so I'm just saying like the beginning of this whole podcast has felt like, Oh, I really hope you're included and we're doing this together and finding new ways to name that around each little corner and mm-hmm. like coming up with the label of like a bandmate or something like that. And or business partner, even you know something like that. And it's bandmate really, sounds more fun. Yeah, yeah, totally. Let's keep it that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's similar. It's happening right here in real time. It's like, oh, you you would include me in the vision in ten years. Like, I definitely would hope that to be included, and I definitely am including you in that. And um, I just think there is a somehow we just stumbled upon this kindred spirit thing. Uh, not just in terms of like the way we host these conversations and, and I guess maybe perceive what we want to do with folks to help them in the world. Like having the background of hosting youth groups and doing things together, doing experiences together. Yeah. Like we've hosted retreats together. We've been on trips together. Yeah. You know, I like doing those things with you. I like what you bring. I like the way we approach it together. Same. Yeah. And it's fun to do it without the constraints of sort of like, a, a church or something telling you exactly how to do it because now no, I feel really like if you and I could do something together fully, just us, yeah. like we'd be unlocked. Like, I mean, our live show was a good example yeah. despite it being its own other weird thing. Like I feel like it was really fun for us to be like, no, we want it to be like, we were both were like, we want it to be weird. Yeah. We want people to be a little like, str- off, like interesting in- vibes and like curating the vibes. And I yeah. feel like we both really, Yeah. So I love the idea of a center on an island. I love, I don't know where I would live, but I like the idea of definitely coming and participating in that. Maybe you do live at the center. Yeah. But maybe I don't. Well, I live in like a little like, cause maybe the center's on a commune. Yeah. And I live on like my own little like 
little hut with its own forest. <laughs> a Hagrid hut. <laughs> Hagrid hut. <laughs> and then there's this other place that's mm-hmm. like our own, like it's like the lesser, more curious building, you know? Totally. This is probably LCLM. A, a five LCLM? way yeah. of approaching it. But I, I, I imagine my life heading in a gentle direction. Like I want it to be gentle mm-hmm. and I don't have a ton of ambition just in terms of like, you know, again, listening to a lot of Don Miller stuff, you know, the thing he's wanting to manifest is he wants his company to be worth $250 million in 10 years. So I'm like, that's not really where I'm going. (laughs) You want enough money to be successful in quotes in terms of being able to sustain your work. Right. But I'm not needing to be a millionaire or something like that. But I think reading the, um, introvert book a few years ago called quiet, um, it's either Susan Kane or Susan Collins. One of those wrote the hunger games. I forget. <laughs> I think Susan Collins wrote the hunger okay, games. So I think it's Susan Kane. And, um, she just said, you know, you can arrange your life so that 80% of your day you're in your sweet spot. Yeah. Anybody can do that. And I was like, gosh, I would love to have a life where, uh, 80% of my days in my sweet spot. And I'm not entirely sure where my sweet spot is. So I think these next 10 years are about discovering that. But I think you and I have a similar idea of, the sweet spot is being in a quiet, creative place. Mm-hmm. And then you have mm-hmm. other times where you're doing other things, but like a studio is a great vision for me. Like I like the idea of like either a writing studio, but yeah. I like creating more. I don't know exactly what, but, um, a clothing line, maybe, who knows? I mean, obviously in the spirit of this episode, like I'm needing to probably get a little bit more specific eventually. Um, but I like the idea of writing, um, I know. Do you have a dream of having a book in 10 years? Absolutely. But I, but I think actually I would love to have a book in two or three years and I'd, I'd like to write a few youth ministry books. So I I've said this to you, but I, the way I view my life is like, there's like a five year finale on youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I love youth ministry, but I don't want to do it forever. And, um, I want to try some other things. I want to, yeah. I want to do something else at some point. Yeah. And then maybe the the five years after that is pivoting towards really manifesting this other dream of what we're doing mm-hmm. and we're doing it in, in the here and now too. Mm-hmm. But I think there is something about this vocation that we said of helping people live less certain and more curious lives. So yeah, I see the center and then I see content and I see invitations. So like it's the center, but it's also flying over here and flying over there and getting invited to this thing where we do our thing. Oh, it's like people inviting us to be the like speakers Mm -hmm. at this thing. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, this is where we'd probably start to like go off of the path, but like it just in terms of who you offer it to, it's like, I don't really have any restrictions on that. So it's like, if it's a church, great. If it's just a, a community that wants to have us and, and utilize, because I, cause I'm really thinking like we, we develop curriculum, right? Right. you know? Um, but I don't, I wouldn't mind of like coming to some sort of corporate thing and having us teach this group, this team in this corporate environment on how to be more curious with each other. And we have a, we have a, a, a thing that we take them through yeah, and we don't have them by the end come up with like solving anything. We've essentially given them tools and a process to go through with each other so that like they can ultimately be in heavy quotes, more productive as a team because they're more agile. They're more flexible. They're more open. They're more curious. Uh, I mean, to a certain extent, 
I, I almost have this phrase of slow down to speed up, like slow down for a second so that you can speed up. Yeah. Like McKaylee was watching us have our meeting and it was everybody a meeting that sounds just like this. It's not like we turn into different characters and we're trying to talk about our goals <laughs> and we have to stop at each point along the way and define words, what they mean for us, why. Yeah. And it's just long, but I get the sense that if you stop and do that well, it, it speeds you up. Now, mm-hmm. you know, now we know what we're actually, what we mean by vocation. Mm-hmm. What does this look like? Yeah, yeah. It's like, since we haven't like stopped every time and, and had to unpack what we mean by vocation, we kind of did that once Yeah, and now we're going faster. Yeah. And I don't really believe in speed, but like, I'm just saying if you are a corporate environment that's stuck and your team isn't gelling very well, or you're not really able to come up with clear goals or there's like, just some mysterious stuckness, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'd want to yeah, say this is a veer for us. Yeah. 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 I just want to say any, any, any group that wants this and needs it, we come in and we do it and yeah. we offer it and it's a tool. And, and honestly, I guess maybe I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind making money off of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is where this is like the dream for me is to hopefully in 10 years be significantly less plugged into capitalism. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. part of this dream involves being on a self-sustaining commune where I don't have to participate. And it's like, can do a lot more like ethical consumption and like offerings. So I think that I see that, but I also see myself wanting to pull away from corporate world. No, yeah. Pull away from like, I, I don't see the center. Like I would love for it to somehow be, something that is reaching people who couldn't really normally afford these kinds of experiences. Like that's my ideal population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that, yeah. So maybe what we're saying is like in the future in 10 years, there's like a 50, 50 overlap, like mm -hmm. 50% of our lives is this bandmate project thing that we're doing. And then I also have my own work that I do over here and you have your own right. work you do over here. And Which I think makes sense. Cause yeah. it's like, I don't think you really want to work with children in art therapy no. in any realm, no, you no. know? And like, and you probably don't really like, I'm like, I, I want to come you. Right. And yeah. like, I want to work probably with like primarily like queer youth, like mm-hmm. runaway youth, like that mm-hmm. kind of like that population. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the idea of like there being a podcast studio in the commune or wherever you are. That's like a, a, a really not necessarily fancy, but a quality podcast studio. Yeah. And we continue to do these, I don't know what, I mean, do people even do podcasts in 10 years? They do. We're going to have a podcast <laughs> until we're 80. Okay. That's going to be really fun. Honestly, I think it'll be pretty so wild, funny. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever it is in terms of how like we still have like only moves still listening. Yeah. <laughs> <be> so fun. <laughs> Lily. <laughs> um, just finding ways to continue to create content and maybe potentially even not that this isn't quality, but like even in a higher higher quality sense. No, I mean, we definitely, I definitely have a dream of more produced episodes Yeah, and I have a dream of, I mean, the other dream is like, uh, like I want to be doing more like, like, I think I have a dream of teaching too. I have a dream of teaching. Yeah. Um, like I would love to teach, and have something, I have a dream. Okay, this is just coming to me. Like, I, have, I have a dream. Of like having something to contribute to. Like right now, I'm thinking of the Enneagram. Right now, I feel like I'm, a, I'm sucking in the Enneagram. Uh-huh. And I'm not like, oh, I have something to contribute to. Like I don't have any new thoughts on the Enneagram. Right. I <laughs> can't. Original thoughts. Right. Like I, I, I have a dream of offering some insight that 
is fresh. Yeah. You know, to, to psychology, to the Enneagram, to self-work, to body work, those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. I think, I mean, I I don't say this in any way to diminish the podcast at all. I, if anything, it's, this is meant to not do the opposite of diminishing. I don't know. Enhancing (laughs) is this all sort of feels a bit like a rough draft. Yes. You know, you get, you kind of get it on paper and what we've done over the last two and a half years is we've started to chip away at something and, and explore something, but it's becoming clearer and we're refining it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, I like I said to you, you were baby podcasters back in the day and now we're teenagers. Yeah. Like we're going through a new identity development piece yeah, and it's yeah. like, we're teenagers. We're still sifting through, but like we're not babies anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, this has been like, it has been a rough draft mm-hmm. the past two and a half years. And even this, conversation. I mean, the dream, it's like, you're getting it out. You're saying this calm, you were saying, but it will get refined right? Right. as we go. I think, you know, so I better fucking paint these damn trees by the, <laughs> by the time I die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say it and I guess also what it does when you say the dream out loud is it potentially starts to mobilize people and right. everyone around me. Like so many people, if I die before I do this, people will be like, Nice. You've got to paint this for us. Yeah. Like yeah. you've dreamt of this for so freaking long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love to do murals too. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think this is that section and we'll come back and do some final reflections on dreams to wrap up this series. And I think it might just be 15 minutes. You guys, we're just going to come back and have yeah, a or even less, thoughts. but, but um, uh, yeah, when we come back, we'll wrap up these, this little dream series for the time being and uh, see you in a sec. <laughs> Hey everybody, Scott here, briefly interrupting this fourth No Small Thing episode on dreams to tell you a little bit about how you can help support the podcast. Do you like what you're hearing? Have you ever liked what you're hearing if you've listened to No Small Thing before? Uh, Do you enjoy or have you ever enjoyed this podcast? If so, uh, I would love to invite you to help support and promote uh, the podcast. So I'm just going to give you some suggestions, but actually, if you have any other ideas of how you can spread the word about this podcast, have at it. We just would love to um, enlist you in spreading the word about No Small Thing. So the first thing you can do is give us a rating and a review on iTunes. This is our number one request in terms of how you can support this podcast. So just take two to three minutes right now, maybe pause right now while it's on your mind. I, I remembered a text today when I was in the middle of the grocery store and it was a text that I had gotten three days ago and I, and I thought I'll respond to it later. But I stopped right in the middle of the grocery store and I responded right then because I'm very flighty and I know if I didn't do it then I wouldn't do it. So maybe pause the podcast episode right now and go write us a quick rating and review on iTunes. You can also post about this episode in your social medias. I am not on TikTok. I don't know anything about TikTok. Maybe someday. But if you're on TikTok, maybe let's let's get the word out there. Uh, but Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you're on Facebook. Um, and then the big the big kahuna, the big idea is uh, maybe get on Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon page. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So just head on over to Patreon and search for No Small Thing. Those are my three ideas. If you have any others, again, feel free. But uh, this is my little call to action for the week in the midst of this episode, inviting you to help us promote this podcast. Thank you for listening. And here come some final thoughts about dreams this week. 
until next time, we'll probably be doing a dreams episode again in a, in a month or so because we are so, so enamored with this topic. But yeah, um, thanks for listening. Please consider supporting in one of those three ways and enjoy the rest of this episode. We're back, everybody. Ooh. Uh, some final thoughts on dreams. We've done three weeks of dream logging, three episodes. Now, actually, this will be our fourth episode on dreams. Overall as a podcast. Overall. Yeah. What's it been like for you? I mean, we've already kind of said it, but this is some closing thoughts. And this is some closing thoughts. The dream series is ending. I'm kind of sad about it. It was fun to lean into something and mm-hmm. not have new topics. I'm also kind of miss new topics. Like I'm like, we've talked about mm-hmm. dreams a lot mm-hmm. now. Yep, totally. Um, I'm definitely feeling ready to talk about new things. Not that we have not been talking about new things, um, <laughs> but thoughts on it. I think this has been really good for me. Mm. Um, I think I am, I don't pay it. I haven't paid attention to my dreams up until this point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, slowly chipping away at some piece of me that's not listening to myself. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of this is coming from also the fact that the past three weeks, I've also like realized I'm an Enneagram nine and it feels like the dream exercise is like kind of some tool against sleeping on myself. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, it's funny and it makes sense to me that I am someone who doesn't remember their dreams, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's like, that's good because no, it's not that I'm not remembering my dreams. It's like, I'm not paying attention Yeah, and I don't give them the attention they deserve. And I think that like, if you think of the Enneagram and the nine as like being the epitome, like they kind of encompass the whole idea of like, the Enneagram work is like you're asleep on yourself Mm -hmm. and it's like, wake up. And I think the dreams like doing this exercise is like, kind of like you're never really asleep. Like Mm. when you're sleeping, you're dreaming and like kind of, Oh man. See, it's so good that we did this. I'm I'm so glad we asked the question of some final thoughts. This (laughs) is good. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. When you're sleeping, you're dreaming. It's just a fact. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's know. like, it's like the sleeping is an illusion of sorts. Like yeah. almost this idea that we can be asleep is this illusion. Um, and I think I've been asleep to myself in a lot of ways. And I think the dreams kind of expose that. And it's been exposed that there's sometimes when I know I wake up and I've had a dream and I don't really know if I want to deal with it. Ah, the like, honesty. Like, I don't know. The honesty. I've experienced that too. And I've tried to dabble in interpretation. I sense there's certain days where you're like, nope, that's not it. It yeah. was just a dream about Santa Cruz. Yeah. Because I went there when I was little. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then like. <laughs> nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> exactly. And it's kind of exposing that. Um, I think this has been a really interesting past like three weeks of my life. And I think the dreams are a part of it. Like to all of a sudden tune myself to it has been, I think it's probably had a bigger effect on me than I even realize. Mm, probably. Um, so yeah, I think it's been really good. And I think it's been really fun for us in the past month too, to like, like I, 
I need us to dream together. Like if like I, I like it's nice not doing it alone. And it's also like nice that we're dreaming in like a, a waking life kind of way too. Like it feels like because we'd started doing the dream exercises, like certain things just started to surface that maybe wouldn't have. Mm. It's like, I don't know if they would or would have or wouldn't have, but like this attitude of dreaming feels like it's permeating mm. into different areas of my life. And mm. like this, just the notion of dreaming, I'm like starting to like, it's like incorporated more into me. Wouldn't it be fun if, if we got so good at dreaming and manifesting dreams that we hardly talked about it anymore because it's just something we naturally did. I feel mm-hmm. like this is such an interesting conversation if someday we look back on it. I mean, we've done so many episodes now that it's hard to have the energy to look back on any episode. <laughs> it's just like, we're just charging forward. And in the early days, it was like literally like, we've done 30 episodes and it's so nostalgic to go back and listen, listen to, to like 10. Voice or yeah. whatever. And now I'm like, too many. Yep. Nope. Do it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I could imagine us thinking back and being like, wow, we were really just discovering it at mm-hmm. that time. But now, of course, we we manifest dreams. That's just yeah. what we do. We manifest dreams. We dream and we do it. But right now, it just feels like still giving ourselves permission or something. Right. I mean, I think it's just exposed, like, how little dreaming I've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and I'm someone who is, quote unquote, like, an imag- like I am. I have a big imagination and I'm a creator and I do have, like I am like a dreamer in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but this feels very different now. This feels like actually dreaming. Right. Right. As opposed to like some like kind of feign dream, like wispiness. This yeah. is like more tangible dreaming. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I feel it. I sense it. I always want to tell people because I'm pretty, um, critical and high maintenance in this sense. Like I I'm really going, if, if I'm not vibing with what you're saying, I'm at least going to say something's off or something. Yeah. So when I'm vibing, I really want people to know, <laughs> not that I'm sort nothing of like feels sort of, off. Nothing feels off. It all makes sense. Um, yeah, I think this has been hard for me. Like uh, I think huh. it's been fun, but also probably hard for me. And how do you mean that? Like a little disrupting, like uh. a little bit, like, I might, I think I'm also just like truly like it's been a hard time realizing I'm a nine. And so that feels like <laughs> you guys are going to get some content on this. That feels wrapped soon. up in it. Um, but like all of a sudden, like, I just feel like this, like you're right. Like it's, it's true that sometimes I'm resistant to an interpretation. Yeah. That's hard to see. Well, that's one of the things that um, has come out about nines in some of the stuff we've been engaging with of like wanting and then especially a social type in general wanting to be seen and understood in the way they want to be seen and understood. Right. And then like always feeling like slightly being missed. Right. And then I'm sort of like, you know, it's a, it's an interesting, I don't know if you want to say double-edged sword or whatever, but like you, you are, you're also an artist. And in terms of art, there's multiple interpretations and mandalas and therapy and psychoanalysis and dreams. And it's like, well, yeah, I know you want to be heard and interpreted this way and you're telling me this is the dream and this is the interpretation, but I have another take yeah. and you're kind of like, it, you have to be in a very particular mood to hear that other take. Yeah. No, I totally like, do. Cause you'd be like, no, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Which is like, I think it's also exposing, like we say we're a podcast dedicated to being less certain, more curious. And we want to like, this is our vocation. We want to be more curious. The, the sad reality is, is like, we're, we're all shockingly curiosity deprived. Yeah. Like I, 
even if this is at the forefront, like I'm, I'm pretty bad at it a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and maybe that is a, an effect of capitalism. Like I just keep thinking of this idea of time and productivity. And it seems like most people have been trained to think that curiosity is a waste of time. It's going to slow us all down. It's going to, you know, disrupt, you know, all these things we are saying and yeah. it's going to hurt, you know, it's just too, um, risky. Well, yeah. It's like, if I start paying attention to my dreams, things are going to start to emerge that have been there. And now I have to deal with that. Yeah. Like, and certainty feels so nice. Yeah, you know? it does. It does. Yeah. It's comforting. So yeah, I like the idea of having like a few experiences and tools. Like I think the Enneagram is a tool for curiosity, but then like in terms of what we would offer, yeah. you know, like, um, we come in and we offer the Enneagram, we have this experience and this training. And, and, but I also like the idea of like dreams, mm -hmm. like let's, let, we have this whole workshop we do on dreams that gets you started exploring your dreams and then share your dreams with your coworkers. It sounds vulnerable, but if somebody's willing to do it, mm -hmm. um, or your family, you yeah. know, whoever wants yeah. to do it. Yeah. Those are some good thoughts. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think, I think, I think it would be fun to do this bonus episode of this dream the other day. Cause I think, I think paying attention to my dreams has gotten me in touch with a, um, how do I want to say it? I don't know if I want to say a lot of suppressed or repressed things, but there are unattended to things, unattended things that have been unattended to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think when I see my dreams, it's, there's a lot of passion, Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think I don't generally live a passionate life. Like my day to day is pretty even keeled or, or, or created. I don't know. Who, I mean, or, you think of the, what's it called? The useless beast. Yeah. Like it's, it's like removed. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if that's the word for this. I, I, I mean, I guess we're just also weaving some Enneagram thoughts into here, but I think as I've heard about even this, the five in terms of object relations and double detached, it's like maybe that's another reason a five would like to be alone is I feel the most myself. Like I can show up when I'm by myself, but yeah. in the world I've been told don't show up yeah. or at least that's the message I've gotten. And I liked what the big hormone people were saying the other day of like, this is, this is the deal we made with ourselves and everybody. Like, yeah. I've, I've told people, Oh, I see that you don't want me to show up. And so I won't, no big deal. So I'm here, but I'm not here. Right. You know? Right. I'm here, but and I And then somebody asked here. me to show up eventually. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Like the deal we made was that I don't show up. Yeah. But yeah. when I'm by myself, I can think whatever I want to think. I can say whatever I want to say. I'm, I'm in tune with myself. I like myself overall. Like I'm just with myself being myself and that's very freeing. So I think that's why I can just like generally speaking. Anyways, I, I guess I am just saying that <laughs> anyways, uh, me, there's a lot of natural passion um, that I just don't let out or attend to or, yeah. or show or reveal or expose and cause you've made this deal that, that yeah. Yeah, you don't bring that out. Yeah. It's you know? weird. I mean, these are w w words that people all probably hear about themselves, but have been particularly memorable to me, you know, weird, crazy, different, strange, annoying, high maintenance, you know? And so the, the message just wears down on you over time. You're like, fine, you know, fine. I'm not just, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. But I mean, maybe the idea is just creating the appropriate spaces. I think that's one of the themes that 
has come out and maybe another reason why we're a good team is you're like, that's a good idea, but here's how we can do that in mm-hmm. a way that would actually be helpful. Mm-hmm. I said years and years ago, and it's just so funny to think that like everybody, if my, my wife, Marissa and Mace are potentially the same type of Enneagram. And I said years and years ago, like 10 years ago, I remember being on a car ride with my wife and I was thinking really not understanding the purpose of Sunday school at the time. And I was thinking, I don't want to wean people off of this. I said the, the, the image I had was I want to rip the carpet under from underneath the parents. Yeah. Yeah. I was like this, this tool that you have of Sunday school, just essentially just us babysitting your kids while you go to church. And I'm going to rip that out from underneath you. So now you've got to think of a new creative thing to do with your family. Was yeah. like, That's so rude. Like these parents are already so stressed and busy and you just want to rip the carpet out from underneath them. And I was like, I guess I needed a little bit of coaching. And then, and through that, started to come up with a plan of how I could phase people out of Sunday school, but do it a little bit gentler. Yeah. 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 It's like the disruption is nest is good. And like the shift is good, but yeah, like people are not, everyone is capable of being disrupted and yeah. it being helpful in certain ways. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I guess when I say attending to the passion, maybe, maybe just another way of like acknowledging certain things about myself, and that's, that's just the actual literal sleep dreams. Yeah. We're not talking about like getting your dreams right, out into right. the world, but like, as I was just like atten- paying attention to your dreams, this yeah. is what's being revealed. Yeah. And maybe a way of, um, getting me to get in touch with my heart. You know, I've, I've, I've heard it explained about like a five wing four that they are so in touch with their heart that it feels way too risky. So, you know, so it's like, um, the, the, the move from the head to the heart for me is so, um, heavy and loaded and scary and sort of impossible. Uh, like it, especially in therapy, if my, if my therapist is asking me to move from my head to my heart, I'm like, I almost feel like I want to throw up. Yeah. It feels like the feeling you're getting when you're about to throw up, like kind of a panicky, Oh crap, is this actually happening? I'm yeah. going to throw up. Yeah it's a crazy feeling. And so I feel an emotion coming and I'm like, if you could stop the throwing up, you would. So I feel like that about emotions sometimes. Gosh, which is, I mean, that's funny. Cause I like, you don't do I don't do that. <laughs> if like, if I'm going to throw up, I'm like, let's get this throw up out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's super unrelated, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think even the dream that I had the other day when I was explaining it, it was helping me be emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like through the dream, yeah, you're able you're able to be maybe more emotional in your dream life, and yeah. so then it gives you it, it gives you that experience, that practice mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. A yeah. lot of s- sweet, sad, scary, sentimental, emotional things were coming up in this dream, um, and I was just like, "Gosh, this is this is healing for me to notice, and also healing for me to talk about, and also giving me a lot to unpack and explore moving forward." Yeah. So yeah. So there it is. (laughs) Write down your dreams, everybody. I mean, also like just this idea of like tracking themes and also like maybe even cultivating a newer appreciation for even bedtime. Like, like this is a really strange thing, but I've noticed over the course of this last season of dream logging and this wasn't intentional, but I've been very curious about it. It's like, I, I've, for most of this year, it's like, especially during COVID, I have gone to bed with headphones on mm-hmm. with ASMR. Mm-hmm. 
And I haven't done that for like the last month or two. Hmm. I just go to bed and I, I'm not finding myself needing it. You know, in the past it'd be like, I'd be so sleepy, but I'd still take the time to wander around my house and find my headphones. Yeah. I gotta find my headphones. I yeah. can't go to bed without it. Right. It's part of the routine. Now I'm just like, I don't need it. And also I haven't been taking any naps. Hmm. I've been like getting good night's sleep. Interesting. I, I, I'm excited to go to bed because I'm really curious about my what dreams. What your dreams are going to be. Yeah, because it's like then you have the, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel kind of similar. I mean, not the same, but like there has been a little bit of a shift in attitude towards bed of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get something in mm-hmm. my sleep mm-hmm. if I really want it. Yeah, you're not just tuning out to the world. You're about to get an experience. It's a different attitude heading into the dream. You're not like, oh, let me... Like, yeah, it's not numbing. Yeah. It's well, it's like another, it's another entering thing. Entering something. Yeah. It's like we're saying about curiosity. Curiosity is a waste of time. I mean, your dreams aren't a waste of time. Right. That's really valuable time. I mean, not only obviously are you taking care of your body and mind and spirit and soul just by the act of sleep, but you can also get some, I mean, we are not even talking about lucid dreaming. It's like right. people have said through lucid dreaming, you could, you could study for a test in your sleep. I know, which is like so you know? crazy. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm not to lucid dreaming yet, but I dream of it. <laughs> okay. This Thanks is for it. listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this dream series. I, if you're a person who listens to NST, I would be curious. DM us if you liked that we did a series, like Email what us. you felt about it. Yeah, no small thing podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, we we want to hear your thoughts. We want to engage with you. Um, yeah, we like it. <clears throat> we like the conversation, obviously. So okay. Thanks Bye for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a Enneagram episode. Yeah, buddy. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night And just a sprinkle stardust and a whisper Go to sleep, everything is alright I close my eyes Then I drift away Into the magic night I softly say A silent prayer